Welcome to the uh, program. Our spotlight sponsor uh, today is Built Bar, a revolution in the world of protein bars because it's made by people who first wanted to make something that tastes really good. And second was make something that actually is good for you. The order of how you do that really matters. If you start out and you're like, I've got to make something that's good for you, then you're just masking everything. Try to make something that really, really tastes good. And then you're not masking, you know, bad flavors. Built Bar is uh, high in protein and fiber, low in calories and in carbs. It's three to five net carbs. So they're great even if you're doing something like the keto diet. And here's the best part. They taste amazing. And you will find out for yourself when you try them. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and save 15% off your first order. Use the promo code BEC15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The program begins nationwide here on radio in just a minute. program we're going to start with the corruption in washington and i don't think we're going to leave there today uh the corruption is becoming more and more obvious and we are being set up we're going to talk about fauci and his his emails and the lies and the cover-up that has been happening uh and the collusion with uh big tech but also i want to start at the white house and what the White House said yesterday about the cyber attacks. I believe we are being set up. And I explain in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Lucy just had her 11th birthday in September. Since trying Rough Green, she now waits impatiently for her meals. She doesn't seem to always be looking for different food, which is her habit. And she's initiated playing with her Frisbee, something she hasn't done in a few seasons. She's my walking partner again. It's like the clock is turning back for her. Thank you. Thanks for recommending Rough Greens. Linda, uh, thank you for writing in. And I'm glad to hear that your dog is doing as well as my dog. This is not a dog food. This is a supplement that is filled with vitamins and minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, omega oils, all the things that if you're like me, your wife is like, you've got to have these things. Most dogs love it. I don't know if your dog is going to be one of them. And uh, the inventor of Rough Greens does not want you to have to pay for a little bag of Rough Greens just to try out to make sure your dog loves it. He wants to make sure that your dog loves it first. And if they do, then you can order a big bag of Rough Greens and watch the difference in your dog. Get the free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, roughgreens.com slash back.
I believe there are two things going on with the hacking. Uh, one, these are shark bumps. If you don't know what a shark bump is, sharks, when you are when you're swimming with the sharks, which is just a stupid idea. But when you're swimming with the sharks, you don't want to move. A great white might come up to you uh, and they bump you and they bump you to see if you move. See if your food, if you move your food it is the the first thing they do before they attack something. They check it out, see what it is. That's exactly what I think is happening right now um, in some ways with our cybersecurity. Look what has happened. 2016, Russia went into our elections. They didn't succeed, but they went in, and the only reason why they didn't succeed is because they were looking at the state level. They were not looking at the local precincts. That's something that Russians don't really understand or didn't understand. So what is the United States doing? We're trying to make sure that all of our elections are national. Uh, A huge, huge mistake. But cybersecurity... Russia was in on our elections. They were in on our elections again in 2020. Now we have a couple of other stories. Then we have the infrastructure uh, of the United States being attacked. And notice that with an exception of the first hack in 16, these are all private entities. Now, why would that be? Why would you attack private entities? They have attacked now uh, an oil pipeline. They've attacked our meat facility. The only thing that came close was the uh, New York subway system. But when they went into the New York subway system, they didn't cripple it and they didn't do anything. They just went in and uh, they had just put in new cameras Uh, And these new train cars that were all Chinese, partially owned by the Chinese Communist uh, Party. And New York immediately shut those trains down because they could see someone was inside monitoring and seeing what was going on. They did not hack it. They did not try to stop it. And they didn't hold New York hostage. The only time that we're being held hostage is with private companies. And these private companies are affecting our way of life. These are not small companies. It's not like they're doing the, you know, the, uh, what was it? Sony was hacked a few years ago. I don't really care if you you, you hack uh, Sony. I mean, I don't want it to happen, and we should be working to stop all cybercrime like this. But it doesn't affect my life. However, meat does. Fuel does. Now, I want you to... Listen to Jen Psaki and what she said yesterday. These hackers based in Russia have disrupted American gas supplies and American meat supplies. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that these ransomware attacks have been rising since President Biden took office? Well, first, I would say these are private sector entities uh, who have a responsibility mm. to put in place measures to protect their own cybersecurity. As it relates to mm. why criminal actors are taking actions against private sector entities, I don't think I'm the right one to speak to that. So total coincidence. I think you could certainly go track down those uh, cyber criminals in Russia and have a, a good chat with them. Okay. If you have any leads, okay. we'll take so, Okay. Uh, So she's mocking it. Um, But notice what she's doing. She's pointing out private sector. Now, I've never heard a White House do that before. 
I've never heard the White House hear of an attack on something that is really, truly critical infrastructure. It is private, but it is critical infrastructure. It is a private pipeline. It is a private uh, um, meat processing company. And yet the White House last time when it was Colonial Pipeline said, you know, if they want to negotiate, they should negotiate something else I had never heard before. I've never heard the United States of America say negotiate with terrorists. And that's exactly what these people are terrorists. So what's happening here? Remember, um, this is a power grab and it is part of the Great Reset. And if you understand what the Great Reset is, the Great Reset is a public-private partnership where the government is involved in everything. So if the government stops doing their job uh, and protecting us from things that are a clear and present danger to private corporations, just because it's not owned by the United States government, doesn't mean that it's less important. We have a different system here. Our electricity grid, everything should be private. But FDR threw that out the window. And ever since, they've been trying to get all of the critical infrastructure under the umbrella of the United States government. That way, they have complete control of everything. So now the White House is holding up our private companies and basically saying we're not going to do anything about it because it's a private issue. This is going to continue to happen until it gets so bad that the United States just Joe Biden didn't want to get involved. These are private. These are private corporations. I don't want to get involved, but now I have to because these private corporations just won't do what they need to do to protect themselves. And this is critical infrastructure, and that's why we need to be involved in this critical infrastructure. When it comes to gas, when it comes to fuel, I'm telling you this is what uh, is coming, and it is as clear as it was when Hugo Chavez was trying to take over Sitgo. Oh, no, 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 we're not going to. That's a private. He takes it over. And what happens? He destroys it. And end of Venezuela. This is coming with our with our food, with our gas and other critical infrastructure. And I'm telling you right now, it's only going to happen to private companies. (laughs) I mean, I know they attacked the the, uh, subways in New York, a story that most people have never even heard of. That was China. But they didn't shut it down, and they didn't hold it hostage. You attack our power grid. You attack something that is is, uh, public power, public water. Well, then you start to move into act of war. But this is just business. This is just private individuals not doing what they have to do to shore up against these hackers. That's exactly what is happening. We are being set up. The uh, White House refuses to do anything about it. Congress and Congress is in the bag. The Senate, the the Republicans are so damn busy playing with themselves and talking about, you know, what 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 are we going to what are we going to do to compromise on this latest bill? 
instead of looking at the real issues, the entire country is looking at bogus outrages, bogus outrages. For instance, let me give you this. Outrage is a fifth grader from New Jersey dresses up as Hitler for school. Now, is this worth the time it took to write? I mean, yeah, it's bad, I guess. But listen to the story. Parents are outraged as a fifth grader from a New Jersey school was given permission by her teacher to do a presentation on Adolf Hitler, in which the student listed Hitler's accomplishments. Now, this sounds bad, right? Read on. Each student was asked to choose a historic figure to present to the rest of the class. Part of the assignment, the student involved dressed up as the mass-murdering Nazi tyrant and wrote an essay in first person in a somewhat celebratory tone. The essay was then displayed in the school's hallways alongside other students' work. Still sounds bad. The essays include sentences such as, My belief in anti-Semitism drove me to kill more than six million Jews. I was pretty great, wasn't I? The controversial incident was brought to the attention of the Board of Education by concerned parents who saw the display of all the different historic figures without any context of the nature of the assignment. Here's the context. The incident was then investigated by the Board of Education, at the end of which the board announced it is unfair to judge any student or teacher in this matter because the lesson was in the context of social justice. The board further added the public schools condemn anti-Semitism and racism, yada, yada, yada. This was a teacher that was Jewish. And what they had to do was pick teacher, uh, pick historic figures who personify good and evil. The students were asked to both speak as their chosen historic figure to rationalize their actions as the historic figures might have done, but also point out as the student what these actions were, good or evil. How is this a national outrage? If you want to go on anti-Semitism, let's look at the real outrage. Uh, the head of Google Diversity. Google Diversity. Now, Google is a company that is looking to weed out uh, hate. They're running algorithms and working on algorithms to make sure that hate just isn't tolerated. Well, that's great. But how do you define hate? Well, I think the Google Diversity head doesn't really understand hate. Because um, he has posted on his blog that Jews have an insatiable appetite for war and insensitivity to the suffering of others. Huh. Now, Google, the one who's controlling speech, the one who is uh, trying to make sure that nobody says anything hateful, the head of diversity says that the Jews the Jews have insensitivity to suffering of others and an insatiable appetite for war. Yeah, but did you hear what that fifth grader did in the hallway? We are being led down the wrong road every single day. We have to understand what is important and what is a show. What's happening in our schools with CRT 
is critical. In fact, anything that's happening in our schools that starts with the word critical is critical. And it has to be stopped. But we also have to look at the bigger picture. People talking about the high gas price. Well, it's not the story of the high gas price. It's why do we have high gas prices? The reason why we have high gas prices is because the president is on a jihad against oil. He doesn't, he has stopped the pipeline. Then he didn't protect the infrastructure and didn't do anything to help. He said to the uh, colonial pipeline people, go ahead and negotiate with the terrorists. On top of that, he's doing everything he can environmental wise. He's making California look like rookies. So let's start talking about the why things are happening, why they are happening. Because that's the important part. Why was Tony Fauci lying? Why? That's the important part. We'll get to that, that story here in just a minute. Stand by. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Keith lives in Washington. He writes in about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I'm 51. I've always been extremely active. I played college football, rugby, lacrosse. Currently, I own and run a family martial arts studio and teach four to five karate classes a day. A while back, my body felt like it was basically wearing out. Kept uh, hearing your advertisements for a relief factor on your show, Glenn. I figured I had nothing to lose, so I gave it a try. Wow. I have little to to no pain in my knees now. And it's highly reduced pain in my neck. I can do kicks I wasn't able to do before because I had too much pain. There is no way I could have done it without relief factor. My students and I thank you. Keith, thanks so much for listening. Relief factor is not a drug, but it was developed by doctors. And 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. So just try it for three weeks and see if it will work for you. The quick start is only nineteen ninety five. It's relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So a civil rights activist, the co-founder of Project 21, former constitutional law professor at George Mason University. I mean, this is a real uh, civil rights activist, not a pretend one. He said after the uh, president's speech in Tulsa on uh, Monday. He said this is perhaps one of the worst race hoaxes since the Jussie Smollett charge. When the president of the United States stands up and lies to the American people, he says that we're so racist and that in particular, if you look around in your community, you need to keep your eye out for one particular type of individual, white men, white nationalists, white racists. There is no evidence of any of this, Cooper claimed. There is evidence that this problem exists. There, I'm sorry. There is no evidence that this problem exists in the workplace. There is no evidence that this is happening in our jails. No, inc- uh, no evidence in any place. In fact, 
I ask right now for the president of the United States to declassify whatever intelligence he's purporting to rely upon to make this claim. It is a flat out falsehood. He went on. We are having a circumstance now where we are we are told that what we see we must deny and then only listen to the lie. I can't. I mean, it's amazing to me if you know anything at all about history, if you know anything about the Second World War, you take the big lie and you just keep repeating it over and over and over again, and people start to believe it. That's exactly what's happening. And people are being locked into place. If you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in the rule of law, if you believe that there is racism, but anti-racism is racism in and of itself and will only make the problem worse, you're going to be deemed a problem in the future. This is why we all must stand up now. If you haven't, if, if you haven't looked into what is being taught in your school, even if you don't have kids in school, Please go to the school board meetings. Please run for a school board member. The extremists have been running for a long time, and they are deeply embedded in our schools. In North Carolina, the county, uh, one of the counties in North Carolina, Surrey County, just banned Coca-Cola machines. It's something. It is something. The reason why they're doing it is because of their left-wing politics. These companies are going to get worse and worse and worse. Remember, I told you yesterday, look, what, look what's happened with COVID. We're now finding out that much of this has been a lie. This is real, but we've known where it came from. It was something that we, Fauci, knew about. And he knew about several of the things that were helpful to not spread it. And we did the exact opposite of those things. And what has happened? The global corporations have gone more powerful. They have become richer. And the entrepreneur is being crushed. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So for all the cyber criminals uh, that might be listening to the program, stop it. Stop it. Your mother would be ashamed of you. Anyway, I know cybercrime is fun and profitable, but stop it, will you? First, it was voting and we took it. Then it was the oil pipeline and we took it again. Now you have the gall to hack into the meat packing industry and try to steal beef. Have you no shame, man? The answer to that is, no, uh -uh, not really, they don't. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting your life. Every day, you put your information at risk on the Internet, and in an instant, a cybercriminal could harm what is yours, and especially if you are, um, especially if you're just a private company or a private individual. Well, you didn't do what you needed to do. Do what you need to do. Sign up for LifeLock. Nobody can protect you better than uh, um, LifeLock against identity theft. Even they can't capture everything, but at least you have the most powerful firewall around you. 
save up to 25% now off your first year at lifelock.com. That's lifelock.com. Promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code Glenn. 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. It is Thursday. We're almost done. Almost done with a uh, another long week. Uh, welcome and uh, hello to Steve Brigier, otherwise known as Stu, for reasons which we won't discuss at this point. It involves <laughs> prison time and uh, other things. Hi, Stu. Rough period in my life, Glenn. Thank you for uh, having me on the program. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, we're 35 minutes into it, and so far you haven't contributed one bit. Yeah, you've been running your mouth like crazy. Um, But I did have a couple of questions (laughs) as you're going through your... You have a couple of questions. Your cyber uh, monologue there. You know, do you feel... Do you disagree with it? No. No, I don't think I do. I I feel like we're in that position, and tell me if, if you think this is correct. In that, like, we went through a lot of these things together in 2000, in 1998. I remember doing a show with you on WABC in New York where you talked about Osama bin Laden and, you know, bodies in the street of New York City. Uh, three years later, it became this reality. There, The threat, you didn't make up, you weren't like, you know what, I think this guy, this random guy in Afghanistan is going to be really mean. The threat was right. known, right? But it was sort of bubbling right. below the surface. It was, we knew something could happen, but we didn't think it was going to change our lives. 2004, we, I remember doing a show uh, a, almost a year to the day before Hurricane Katrina, where we talked about the threat that was real for New Orleans and how if the wrong yeah. you know hurricane hits New Orleans, it could be underwater and the whole city could be destroyed. It was a known yeah, threat. I called it the most dangerous city, the most yeah. dangerous city in America. I called it that in 2004. Yeah. And 2005, re- almost to the day. Almost to the day. And I remember thinking like at that time, it was a known threat. But it it didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was going to change the national picture at any point soon. It was just bubbling mm-hmm. under the surface. You know, how many shows have you done over the years where we talked about the potential of a global pandemic breaking out? When we talked about it, you know, with, with previous threats, we knew, everyone knew there was a, a threat of a pandemic that could that could do massive damage and kill a lot of people and shut down Mm -hmm. economies. But it never felt like it was around the corner that it was going to change our lives until it did, right? This cyber Mm -hmm. attack situation feels like that to me, where we are, we hear these things all the time. We know they're going on. The threat is a known threat, and we know it's possible that it could shut down society and change everything in a couple of days do you think that we are in that period before the storm hits us in a year and two years and three years oh yeah and i think that it is uh i think again it's going to change the world in ways that you can't imagine um i personally think that uh you know that the democrats have a good thing going for them right now all they have to do is create the situations uh, that cause trouble or just let trouble happen. And then they can rush in with the answer. Right now, it is it is not a coincidence that Pataki is saying, don't talk to me about it. <laughs> You're changing talk the name. To the private sector. <laughs> OK, you know, no, her name is Jen Psaki. 
You've been saying yes, Jen but Psaki sucks because you think it's funny. Then you called her the no, no, former no, no. governor of New York, no. George Pataki, which he is. He is not. Yeah, so she's not that, but uh, she sucks almost as much. Uh, in fact, a little more. Um, but, uh, you know, and I'm not going to be her family has been holding the pee silent for generations. Mm. And I will not be a part of that oppression uh, from the Pasaki family. Anyway, um, uh, you know, it's not a coincidence that she is saying talk to the private sector. Why would the president of the United States and the White House say that you just had you have really high prices. Prices are going higher over the summer for gas. We're already, what, 50 percent higher uh, than we were a year ago in gas. Part of that had to do with with the colonial pipeline. The rest of that had to do with the policies and shutting down the Keystone pipeline. And the president at the time said something I've never heard before. Maybe this private company should just make the decision to negotiate. What? Now the meat. This is another critical infrastructure. Meat? Well, they're already doing things to hurt the uh, beef industry. They're already hurting farmers. And now they don't do anything when a quarter of our production of food... A quarter is disrupted by another Russian gang. And what do we do? Saki says again yesterday, well, you're talking to the wrong people. You should talk to those industries. They refused. They refuse to do what those companies should do, protecting their infrastructure. Stu, this is a setup. This is set up, and I'm not saying that they're colluding with the Russians. They're just not letting an emergency or a crisis go to waste. Well, they are setting this up. Do you, do you remember what Will Wilson did with the uh, the Black Tom explosion? Black Tom explosion happened in I think 1914. It pierced the 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 chest of the Statue of Liberty. The reason why you can't go into the arm anymore is because of the Black Tom explosion. It was a munitions explosion. It was done by the Germans. But Wilson couldn't say that because he was promising the the world, if you just reelect me, I won't take us into war. Well, he was lying. Once they needed the truth, they revealed the truth. In December of 1941, they start talking about, oh, we found out the truth. But Wilson pinned it on capitalists not doing the right thing. Mm. It's the same thing. It's the same story. It's happening again. It strikes me as, of course, it's true that a, a private company has a responsibility to protect their, you know, they shouldn't yes. just leave their website wide open for everyone to hack, just like you wouldn't leave your doors unlocked or not have an alarm system at your at your business. But once a crime happens... The government is supposed to be involved, right? I mean, isn't that how this is Correct. supposed to work? Correct. Not necessarily to protect it, but to enforce the law. If, if, but this is what the Democrats are doing. Lawlessness everywhere. And that creates a problem that they can then step in and say, we have to nationalize. We're going to have to nationalize all of this stuff because the threat is just too big. And as it continues to grow and things become more expensive, things become, I mean, I was in the grocery store 
uh, yesterday, and I was with a friend, and uh, he lives up here. I'm up at the ranch, and he lives up here. And he's like, you know, I didn't even put this together until now. There was a guy working at the grocery store that used to work at the, um, you know, the place where you buy motorcycles and, and forerunners and snowmobiles and uh, eBay and uh, Rhino, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? eBay. No, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a shop and in a, in a, uh, an area like this where, you know, farmers use forerunners. There's always business happening there. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy who was used to work there is now working at the grocery store. And he said, I never put it together until just now because I had asked him, Hey, um, we have one of our rhinos down. I got to get a, I got to get a forerunner. Is there, is there anything, you know, that we can, we can get, how much do they cost? And he said, well, you can't get them now. I said, what do you mean you can't get them? He said, they've, they've let everybody go uh, because there's no product to sell. Hmm. No product to sell. I've never seen that in my lifetime. We have taken everything from our food to our medicine to, to, uh, chips i mean silicon valley all of our chips are not made here anymore our fuel we were energy independent we're going to be dependent on somebody else again we're insane right now insane we're not paying attention to the real threat which is inside of our nation and instead what are we doing you're of course the real threat about you're talking about white supremacy i i would assume yeah, exactly. Right. Right. We are yeah, paying attention exactly to that right. one. Um, so, yeah. honestly, like, I, you know, again, I, I think Joe Biden is a terrible president. <laughs> Just have that be <laughs> have that being said off the bat. But like, this is a difficult problem. What is he supposed to do? I mean, you know, you have a, a, you're not going to go to a, uh, to to war with Russia. You really like to mm. avoid that if it's at all possible. You're not going to go to a war over hamburger prices going up or or gas prices going up. You know, they shut down the entire power grid. There very well could be planes in the air. So you have to stop it well before that. What are you supposed to do if you're Joe Biden? So I don't think that they are going to shut down uh, power grids. I don't think unless they are unless they are privately owned, they will shut down privately owned things. But anything that is in the public realm, I don't think they're going to do. I could be wrong on this, but those things uh, cross into act of war. This is just look at the look at the White House's stance. It's just private industry. You'd have to ask them if it was a, a national uh, grid, uh, then the president would have to comment on that. And that would be an act of war. The president should be taking and so should Congress strong steps against Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin is not responsible, I don't think, for these things, but he surely knows what's going on. Nobody does anything this big against a nation as powerful uh, that used to be as powerful as the United States of America uh, without his knowledge. You would never do it. So he is he's at least just invisible on this. Just I don't know anything about it, but he absolutely does. 
And the president should be leaning on him hard. And I'm sorry, by going to see Vladimir Putin, do you think Biden is going to put Vladimir Putin in his place? He's a bumbling fool at this point. Yeah. And I say that with sadness, but our president is a bumbling fool. There is a belief inside intelligence circles that basically the the U.S. government is denying what they know, which is that this is, while maybe not directed specifically by the Russian government, uh, these attacks are allowed uh, to go on and encouraged to go on. Go ahead, play, see what you can find, see what you can do, and we're not going to stop you. Just don't do anything in Russia or to any of our allies. Is that what you believe the situation is? Yeah, I do. I think they are, you know, do not go after anybody in the former Soviet Union. Don't go after any of our friends. Uh, But have your way with the United States. I'm going to turn a blind eye, but uh, have a good time. You know, the other thing that I think is interesting on this is the name of the, the hacker group this time around. Have you heard people try to pronounce it? No. It's really it's really evil. I mean, it's really easy. It's evil with an R at the beginning, as in Russia. <laughs> Revil. It mm. is e- the word evil with the word with the letter R before it. Subtle. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's really subtle. Isn't it? It's really, really subtle. All right. Our sponsor this half hour uh is uh my pillow perfect night sleep you can get every night with my pillow he has the pillows he has uh sheets he has uh a um uh, what do you call it a, like it's like a uh, a mattress pad that can make your your sleep so much better because it distributes heat evenly um and so you're not hot and turning you know tossing and turning all night Right now, for a limited time, he's offering his premium my pillows, the ones that started it all for the lowest price ever. You can get a standard or a queen premium my pillow for now twenty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. The kings are only five dollars more. It comes with a sixty day money back guarantee, but you're not going to need it. It's my pillow. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials there. You're going to find not only this great offer, but also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bedsheets, which are fantastic. The MyPillow mattress topper, the MyPillow towel sets. Enter the promo code BACK or call 1-800-966-3117. Get the great radio specials now. Enter the promo code BACK at MyPillow.com. Well, at least we don't live in India. Uh, there is a story out of uh, India, a tragic story about uh, a bride and groom that were about to be married. Um, everything was set. The family was all there. It was happening at the house. And um, the bride just uh, says, I don't feel well. She clutches her chest. She dies of a heart attack. Rushed to the hospital, declared dead. Apparently in India, you take the body back to the house. I don't know if it's laying in state or whatever. But uh, they didn't know what to do about the wedding. You know, there was the groom all dressed up and all the, you know, every all the guests were there and everything else. So he, uh, I mean, in an act of really true love, uh, he said, 
What about her? The younger daughter. And the family said, uh, sure, okay. And so the younger daughter put on the dress and uh, got married. Uh, so with the dead sister in the other room. The brothers said it was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> that might be the understatement of the year, but uh, at least we don't live there. Uh, is, is, this, uh, is this movie called The Hunter Biden Story? Uh, it's, it essentially seems like... <laughs> it, it really kind of is. It's basically the same it's story. It's exactly The Hunter Biden Story. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, I, I will say, me? a lot yeah. less drugs, less hookers, less embezzling, less, uh, less overall crime. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage this wonderful family uh, that you're talking about. No, <laughs> no, I, by I calling them Hunter Biden. And if that's not a story of true love, Stu, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know, yeah. your your bride dies, and you say, I don't know. We got a lot of money into this. How about her? Yeah, I mean, like, I look, I, how about that one? It's, it's even a newer model. I mean, it's. Uh, I'll take the <laughs> yeah lower miles, lower <laughs> miles. I'm just saying, you're getting a deal. This is the Glenn Beck Program. First, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Ever since Uno tried Rough Greens for the first time, uh, he's a different dog. He has been running and playing, and it's really hot. When, when we come to the ranch in the summer, it is way hot for him. He's swimming in the pond all day long. He is uh, a different dog. He's a, a much younger dog because of Rough Greens. It's changed him. It's full of minerals and vitamins and probiotics and omega oils. And it's everything that makes him, I don't know, seem younger. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens just for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Just try it for, you know, a week. See if your dog likes it as much as Uno does. You sprinkle it on top of the uh, dog food. If they like it, then order a real pack of uh, Rough Greens. And see the difference that it'll make in your dog over the next couple of months. It's Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash back. Or you can call 833-GLEN-33. It's 833-GLEN-33. RoughGreens.com slash back. 15 seconds. I've never believed in two Americas until recently. There are two Americas, but it's not split in black and white, rich or poor. It is really split between those that believe that we're on the right track and those that believe we're in deep, deep, deep trouble. Those who believe in the Constitution and the rule of law and those that don't. Fauci has been somebody who I think we all kind of trusted at the beginning and then it started falling apart but should we have trusted him at all 
the FOIA release of all of the emails with Dr. Fauci are painting a very dark picture of him. And we go there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. If you're looking to buy a home or refinance to cut your monthly mortgage payments, there's never been a better time. Historically low mortgage rates that we've all gotten used to in this past year or so are beginning to rise slightly. The banks are starting to make credit a little tougher. Uh, right now, it's still low enough that you can uh, benefit from the low rates. In fact, right now, 13 million or so homeowners are eligible for almost $300 a month in savings. $300 a month, wow, that could really help you out a lot. Help you dig a, uh, you know, put some dirt into that hole that you've been uh, uh, digging or living with, trying to get out the hole of debt. Give American Financing a call right now. If you refinance your mortgage, if it sounds scary to you, it's probably because you're thinking that you have to restart the whole loan, but you don't. That's one of the many things that you can learn about when you give American Financing a call. The consultants over at American Financing are about making sure that you end up on the firmest financial footing you can. They're in it for you, not for the banks. Call them now. American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net, or on the phone at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, So Dr. Fauci has had now thousands of his emails released through the Freedom of Information Act starting at the beginning of the pandemic. And the story isn't getting very much coverage, except for the few glowing headlines from the ever-reliable mainstream media. But let's take a look at first how they want you to view this story. Then I'll show you what's really going on in those emails and what's being completely ignored by any of the mainstream media and how Zuckerberg and others are all involved in this. From CNN yesterday, thousands of emails from and to Dr. Fauci reveal the weight that came with his role as a rare source of frank honesty with the Trump administration's COVID-19 task force. Wow. From the Washington Post, the correspondence from March and April 2020 opens a window to Fauci's world during some of the most frantic days of the crisis, when the longtime director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases was struggling to bring coherence to the Trump administration's chaotic response to the virus and President Trump seeking to minimize its severity. From CNBC, Dr. Fauci's 18-hour workday includes two breaks and answering, quote, emails until I'm too tired that I just can't do it anymore. Wow. Wow. He's a saint. So that's the media narrative. That's what the arbiters of truth have decided is the main takeaway from the Fauci email dump. You're supposed to take away that Dr. Fauci is... Mother Teresa in pants, just a poor old man who has worked tirelessly, emailing people until one in the morning, never taking a break, trying his best to make the most out of a confusing and scary time, while also battling against the corrupt and idiotic Trump administration and their supporters who attempted to thwart Fauci's heroic efforts in every turn. So don't even bother to read the emails. We read them for you. There's nothing there. 
just a poor white man, old really, muzzled by an evil orange bully. Except that's nowhere near what's actually going on in the emails. The media have done what they have done for decades. Um, they completely ignored what cuts against what Trump and conservatives have been saying all along, and they show you how grossly unprofessional and unqualified Dr. Fauci was and still is. So let's take a look um, at what is explicitly in the emails, starting with Dr. Fauci admitting that he was never muzzled by the Trump administration. March 2nd, 2020, Dr. Fauci responded to an email asking if he'd ever been felt muzzled by the Trump administration, stating, I've been very explicit in say to stating that I am not being muzzled or censored. I say exactly what I want to say based on scientific e evidence. I've stated this on multiple TV programs of the past few days, including at major press conferences with many, many reporters present, including TV cameras. I could not possibly be more public about this. No censor, no muzzle, free to speak out. Hmm. So there we are. Dr. Fauci in an email debunking the biggest claim from early on in the pandemic that Trump was censoring Dr. Fauci, refusing to allow him to speak freely about science. So right off the bat, a major reveal in and of itself uh, about the press. We know that it's not true that they're still carrying water for it. But let's go back something uh, to something that he actually stated in the email. He said, I say what I want to say based on scientific evidence. Really? Really? Scientific evidence, Mr. You know, double, triple masks. He says what he, what he wants to say based on scientific evidence. Well, let's look at masks. We all know how big uh, Fauci is on masks. He's the biggest reason why so many Americans are the mask police that they are today. So what did Mr. Scientific Evidence originally have to say about the effectiveness of masks? February 5th, 2020, Fauci responded to an email from a woman asking if she should wear a mask at an airport while traveling, stating this. Masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading, spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is really not effective in keeping out the virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. Something we have been saying for a very long time. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you're going to a very low-risk location. In another email sent February 4th, Fauci stated, most transmissions occur from someone who is sim uh, symptomatic, not asymptomatic. All right, so what did he just say in those emails? Not only did he explicitly state that masks are not beneficial to prevent you from getting COVID, but he also threw in that he doesn't recommend wearing a mask at an airport, calling it a low-risk location. Well, gee, I know our Department of Homeland Security just issued orders where if you're not wearing a mask at the airport, they need to treat you the same. And I'm quoting as someone who is trying to smuggle on a gun or another prohibited item onto the plane. How many months have we been through with mask mandates now? 
People claiming that if you don't wear a mask, you'll get COVID. Then you'll pass it on to millions because, you know, and you'll be the cause of deaths of everybody's grandma. Why do airports still have mask mandates in place? Why? This is something Dr. Fauci admitted early on. So what has changed? Why hasn't he recommended the end of the mask mandates for uninfected people and airports? But that's not all. That's not even close to how much these emails exposed how unqualified and irresponsible Dr. Fauci was during the pandemic. Remember when Trump recommended hydroxychloroquine and everybody went haywire, claiming that Trump was suggesting citizens poison themselves with a drug that has no proof of being affected. Well, March 18th, 2020, uh, the physicist Eric Nielsen sent Dr. Fauci a lengthy email claiming multiple things, such as his belief that China is lying about their death count, the origin of the virus, the mislabeling of flu deaths as COVID deaths in the U.S., but most importantly, his studies showed that two drugs, Alvesco and hydroxychloroquine, being safe and efficient ways to fight against the virus. What was Dr. Fauci's response to this? March 19th, 2020, Dr. Fauci responded simply, too long for me to read. Oh, okay. You didn't even read something about hydroxychloroquine? Hmm. Okay. He knew the origin at the time. The origin of the virus was most likely man-made in China. But maybe that was too much to read as well. Don't know if you saw what Tucker Carlson did last night, but I want to quote him on uh, several of the emails that Fauci uh, wrote and are available because of the Freedom of Information re- uh, um, a request from BuzzFeed. And they go back to the early winter of 2020. At the very beginning, the emails show that Fauci was worried that the public might conclude that COVID had originated at the Wuhan Institute of Viro- uh, Virology. Now, why would Tony Fauci be concerned that Americans would conclude that? Possibly because Tony Fauci knew perfectly well that he had funded gain-of-function experiments at the very same laboratory. Remember, gain-of-function was banned by the Obama administration. But for some reason, after Obama left the White House, somebody just okayed it and sent the money. Emails now prove that Fauci lied about this under oath. Consider the exchange which began the uh, evening of January 31st, 2020. It was Friday, just before midnight. The first email came in from an immunologist called Christian Anderson, who works at the Scripps Research Institute at La Jolla, California. Anderson warned Fauci that COVID appeared to be possibly manipulated in a laboratory. Quote, the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome, less than 0.1%. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. The very next day, February 1st, Tony Fauci wrote back, thanks, Christian. Talk soon on the call. Fauci then sent an urgent email to his deputy. The subject of the email, all caps, was important. Here's what the email said. Hugh, it is essential that we speak this morning. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well as the email that I forwarded. You will have 
tasks today that must be done. Mm. Attached to the email was a document entitled uh, Barack Shi et al. Nature Medicine SARS Gain of Function. PDF. Now, the Barrick in the attachment referred to Ralph Barrick, a virologist based in the U.S., who collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Barrick worked with a woman called Dr. Shi, known as the Bat Lady, because she manipulates coronaviruses that infect bats. Now, keep in mind that during the questioning from Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky fairly recently, Fauci denied that this same Ralph Barrick had conducted gain-of-function research. Again, this is the Ralph Barrick in Fauci's attachment that was entitled Barrick She et al. SARS gain-of-function.pdf. Yet under oath before the United States Congress, Fauci denied this. Listen. Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. And if you look at the grant, and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain-of-function, despite the fact that people tweet that. Okay, tweet. It was also in his emails. We know that starting last year, a lot of people in NIH were worried that COVID had not occurred naturally. Tucker Carlson last night pointed out that there were, they were concerned it had been instead manipulated in a lab in China. And yet they seem determined to hide those facts from the public. Again, why? On the afternoon of February 1st last year, Fauci held a conference call with several top virologists. Most of the detail of that call are hidden from public view. They've been redacted. We know the call was related to a document entitled Coronavirus Sequence Comparison. Jamie Farrar, a British uh, physician who runs a major research nonprofit, reminded everyone on the call that what they said there was top secret. Quote, information and discussion is shared in total confidence and not to be shared until agreement on next steps. End quote. In other emails, Jeremy Farrar passed along an article from the website Zero Hedge. That piece suggested the coronavirus might have been created as a bioweapon. Well, Zero Hedge was uh, banned from social media platforms. Why is that? Well, for the last year, it has not been allowed to even be discussed. Now, why can't you discuss it? Well, the fact checkers wouldn't allow it. Why wouldn't they? Because Tony Fauci assured the tech monopolies that the coronavirus could not have been man-made. And so the tech monopolies shut down the topic. Listen to Fauci. A group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve and the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. That is not true. We just revealed on this program last week that there is no evidence that it ever jumped from an animal, from a bat to another animal, to a human or from a bat to a human zero evidence in fact they can't reinfect bats bats won't get the coronavirus 
it they won't it won't take to them how is that even possible more in a minute first let me tell you about relief factor i don't endorse products on this show that i don't believe in so when i sit down in front of this microphone my cardboard microphone i consider it a serious responsibility to tell you the truth to tell you the truth on how i see things and I guard my credibility as much as I possibly can, and I'm not willing to put my reputation and my name uh, on something that I don't really believe in. So when I tell you that I believe in Relief Factor, that it has made a huge difference in my life, it has. I've seen it firsthand take away the pain from not only me, but hundreds of other people that I have personally met with in dramatic fashion. Relief Factor is not a drug, but it was developed by doctors. 70% of the people who go on to try it order more. Order the three-week quick start and see if you're part of that 70% where it works. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. 10 seconds. Station ID. So Fauci suggested that he knew that top researchers had decided conclusively that it jumped naturally from animal to human being. But that's not true. Two days after he said that one of the virologists uh, that Tony Fauci had funded to conduct the dangerous coronavirus experience in Wuhan wrote to thank him for the help. That man is Peter Daszak. He complained to Fauci that the American tax dollars he had taken for the experiments were being publicly targeted by Fox News reporters. Yet Danzig remained grateful for Tony Fauci's support. Quote, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators. Now, what's weird is most of this email has been redacted. And as Tucker Carlson pointed out last night, it's. Uh, been redacted under a uh, FOIA section that that says we can't release this because it's currently under criminal investigation. So are they under criminal investigation? I hope so. Former Obama official Zeke Emanuel wrote to Fauci to ask a simple question, one that I've said on this program over and over and over again. Hey, what happens to the people who have already had it? Well, what did he say? Fauci's response was, quote, no evidence in this regard, but you would assume that there would be substantial immunity post-infection. Well, uh, yes, but how come you're not ever talking about that? To this day, Tony Fauci has never admitted that in public. In his email to Zeke Emanuel, he admitted something that is also now so obvious, surgical masks, the paper kind that all of us wear, really don't work, that they offer little protection from COVID. Hmm. Then you get to Rand Paul on masks. Listen. 
You're and telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, if it's you've not. If vaccine and you're wearing two masks, isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we have immunity there, theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I, I totally disagree with you. This is the Glenn Beck Program. By the way, Fauci's book deal was pulled today. Hmm. You don't need a competent real estate agent to tell you simple things like don't sell your home and move to the Wuhan province right now. Maybe give it a little while, but you do need a competent real estate agent for all of the things about buying and selling homes that are no brainers. It looks like the housing market is slowing down um, the um, uh, the mortgage, the rate of mortgages that are are being asked for now is starting to slow down. Uh, and it looks like we've hit a peak and people are getting a little wise and saying, ah, maybe it's not the right time to buy a house right now. If you are selling your house, you really need a great real estate agent now. Well, my company, Real Estate Agents I Trust, doesn't deal with merely competent agents. We work with the best agents that we can find, the ones who know the best practices, who are bound and determined to make sure that your real estate experience is as close to perfect as it can get. We work with the pros. It's a free service to you. We've already vetted these. I want you to vet them yourself. but. Just ask us for a name at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, head to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, welcome. Glad you're here. We're talking about uh, Tucker Carlson's expose on uh, Dr. Fauci last night. Uh, and I think he brings up some very fair points. Some of it, you know, on the mask thing, I don't know, Stu, play devil's advocate here. On the mask well, the, thing. Yeah, on the mask thing, I mean, it was early on, right? He says, just to play, playing devil's advocate here, he says that it w- masks really basically work as a control on someone who is infected. But that's pretty consistent with the mask guidance overall. There was a period, which we've been highly critical of Fauci for, where he said, yeah, you don't need masks because he was, as he admitted later, worried that people would buy all the masks and the hospitals couldn't get them. So, you know, correct. Other and than- I excuse I, I, I think it's wrong. Yeah. But I excuse him for making a wrong decision. He didn't trust the American people. And so he thought people would hoard. Right. When the exact opposite happened. But but the um, but, he, but the rest of that is pretty consistent with the public guidance on masks, which was always like, OK, well, mostly it's going to protect you. It might help you a little bit. And he mentions that in the email. It might help you a little bit if someone sneezes droplets on you or whatever. Um, to protect you from someone else who's infected. But, but generally speaking, that it's a doesn't, control. Right, except the problem is, is now he's been saying, you know, even if you have uh, the vac- vaccination, you, you know, you, you, you still have to wear it. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's just r- In silly. fact, max, masks are actually worse for you. Um, if you've already had COVID, it can cause all kinds of problems. 
so it's we know that now and he's still saying this bullcrap there's also there's also the the other thing that people will say is and it's true you know if you have all of your emails uh released and you're somebody who is talking to you know the world you're going to get a lot of stuff in that you don't have time to read right yeah you can one of those studies yeah totally i mean number one you can go back and do an investigation and do what that what's really happening right the conservatives who don't like fauci are basically painting a storyline of incompetence and and real problems the left who love fauci are are able to go through these emails and find places where he does really good things and stays up late at night and answers all these emails right like you're able to to paint a story if you can get all this information is there some of that happening probably some of it's happening on both sides certainly on the left it's happening i mean i I mean i i think ignoring the stuff we're talking about here is you're not even trying right i mean you have to at least go through this stuff um, you know, okay. So, but there are but there are certain names that Fauci would know, mm-hmm. and scientists that he would know, and he would say they're credible, and sure. he should respond. And in many cases, he did. January thirty first email from Issam Ahmed uh, ask uh, NIH immunologist uh, Dr. Barney Graham for a comment on. Uh, the Indian report that said this is this was man-made. I was told to contact you. You might be willing to give an opinion on this paper that has just gone live. It suggests the new coronavirus has four inserts similar to HIV-1 and that this is not a coincidence. Graham immediately forwards the correspondence to the Office of Communication and Government Relations, saying this is one we don't want to answer without high-level input, but wanted you to know about the rising controversy. Two days later, they reply, telling Graham uh, they're going to send a note to the reporter to decline, noting that the paper is not peer-reviewed. Uh, please let us know if you receive similar requests. The same Sunday morning, Fauci is looped in with sir jeremy farrar and it's a foreword of zero heads article after mentioning how the world health organization uh, and the cabinet chief were in a conclave on how to manage the narrative noting if they do bs the public i would appreciate a call with you later tonight or tomorrow to think how we might take this forward do you have a minute for a quick call fauci replies after uh, having called the indian paper really outlandish of course the indian paper was withdrawn by its authors and the notion of covid19 that could have been man-made was radioactive however in last year april the winner of the nobel prize for medicine in 2008 for discovering hiv as the cause of the aids epidemic claimed that SARS-CoV-2 is a manipulated virus that was accidentally released from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. He said, quote, with my colleague, biomathematician Claude, uh, or Jean-Claude Perez, we carefully analyzed the description of the genome of this RNA virus. Um, he said, uh, Indian research has already tried to publish the results of an analysis that showed that this coronavirus genome contains sequences of another virus, the HIV virus, the AIDS virus. 
but they were forced to withdraw their findings as the pressure from the mainstream was too great. The plot thickens further as a study by Chinese scientists published in May 2020 found that the coronavirus uses the same strategy to evade attack from the human immune system, just like HIV. Then, last June, the former MI6 head, Sir Richard Dearlove, said he believed COVID-19 was a man-made virus, which contains inserted sections that accidentally escaped from a Chinese laboratory. But he pointed to a scientific paper published by the Norwegian British research team who claimed to have discovered clues within COVID-19's genetic sequence suggesting key elements were inserted and were not evolving naturally. The new study suggests the virus is remarkably well-adapted virus for human coexistence and is likely to be the result of a Wuhan experiment to produce uh, a virus of high potency. Henceforth, those who would maintain, this is what the, how they conclude, those who would maintain the COVID-19 pandemic arose from a zoonotic transfer need to explain precisely why this account is wrong before asserting that their evidence is persuasive, especially when, as we also show, there are puzzling errors in their use of evidence. The Australian government canceled further development of a COVID-19 vaccine in December 2020 after several trial participants had false positive tests for HIV. The British professor, best known for creating the world's first HIV vaccine, and Norwegian biologist uh, Dr. Berger Sorensen, chair of a pharmaceutical company, Iminor, who has published 31 peer-reviewed papers and holds several patents, wrote that while analyzing the virus samples last year, the pair discovered unique fingerprints in the form of six inserts created through gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. They also concluded that the SARS coronavirus 2 has no credible natural ancestor and that it is, quote, beyond a reasonable doubt that the virus was created via laboratory manipulation. So how much did Fauci know about this? Because he's the guy who apparently was sending the money for the gain of uh, gain of use research at this particular facility yeah it's a gate of function i mean it um, yeah but uh yeah gain of function yeah i mean you know, he sent it to an inter- an intermediary organization and some of that money went to uh went to gain of function uh research they're kind of like you know there's a bunch of tales on that um but they're both they're all sort of telling the truth on it in that like he didn't directly fund this research there but he knew you know, I'm sure that it was going uh, there and we don't know, obviously, all the details on, on that. But I think, you know, you look at you look at the uh, you look at the story from beginning to end. I mean, I think to play devil's advocate, you could probably say he got a million studies. I mean, you go through the emails. He got a lot of people saying a lot of crazy things uh, to him that he, I'm yeah, sure wait, he wait, didn't wait, believe. Wait, wait. We're talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about the guys who discovered AIDS um discovered the cures you know not the cures but the the uh, 
the ways to short circuit the HIV virus to keep it at bay. Yeah. I mean, these are heavy hitters. But there's the, heavy, a Nobel Prize winner. Tons of heavy hitters on the other side, too. Number one. And number two, the one he doesn't comment on any of those people. Those those are those are people who are additional resources supporting that theory. The, the only thing he commented on the emails was one study, which he said was outlandish. Now, is he right on that? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the point is that he, he didn't believe that it was true. So why, he wouldn't necessarily, I mean, he then would argue, what, he wouldn't go in front of Congress and say that he th- thinks it was man-made when he's calling it outlandish in his private emails. Right, but why would he immediately call uh, uh, and say, uh, hey, we all need to jump on a phone call here real quick? Uh, And why would the people who he gave the money to for gain of function uh, respond to him after that phone call? Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Now, that's the engineered email, right? I think you're talking about. Um, Yes. Right. Which, again, like, you know, we don't know what happened on the call, obviously. And I think I think all these are good leads to try to to find out what happened. Right. I mean, I think that makes we don't know what happened on the call. Right. Because FOIA has redacted it because under the the rule that they quoted on why the redaction was there. It is uh, releasing it could hurt a criminal investigation. Yeah, so maybe yeah, there's an investigation uh, going on, and we'll we'll find out what what was going on. Uh, that'll be that'll be really interesting to know. I think what we have, like I think generally speaking, what we have here are, are interesting threads, right? We don't we it, there's nothing in here that says, you know, I think anything that like it's time to throw Anthony Fauci in prison. It doesn't necessarily make him look good at sometimes, uh, but it, it does give us a lot of threads. I'm to not follow. saying throw him in prison. No, I know you're not. I know. I'm just I'm saying. I'm not saying throw him yeah. in prison. I'm I'm saying stop listening to him. Yeah, well, that should have been clearly not credible. Again, the you know, look, I, we've been critical of this from the beginning. I think the way uh, Zero Hedge, which you were just talking about, um, talks about this is completely fair, even if their stra- even if their theory is completely wrong on this. You shouldn't be banning yes. social media accounts based on this stuff. And uh, just because a theory might not be popularized right now, this shows the holes in the way big tech is trying to deal with this. Because, Correct. you know, they couldn't have been sure. They never were sure that the lab leak theory wasn't legitimate. There was never a point where scientists were legitimately saying, we know this is impossible. Even the, even the quote from the Tucker uh, Carlson monologue that you were quoting from, from Fauci, he doesn't even say that he knows it wasn't uh, from a lab. He says a group of well-respected virologists looked at this and said it's consistent with natural passage. Well, that's a totally different thing than knowing it wasn't a lab leak. Totally different. And these big tech companies should not have been banning accounts over this. It, uh, you know, it's bore. It's it's just well, it's, the, it's the wrong way of doing it. The it's other- borderline criminal because you're destroying businesses for no reason. Right. Uh, and the, the other part is, is that they were in bed with Fauci. I yeah, mean, totally. Zuckerberg called Fauci and you have it in the emails. Mm-hmm. Hey, how can I help you? How can I make sure that? The, and, you know, you could assign a, you know, a, a, 
Here he is being patriotic. I want to help the country. I want to make sure the truth is out there. Mm -hmm. But he is trusting one guy to tell him the truth. When nobody in the beginning even knew the truth, not even Fauci, no one knew the truth. We still don't know the truth. You don't ban people's questions. CarShield is our sponsor. Someday we're all going to be driving around in flying cars. Yes, it's going to be amazing. Until, of course, that check engine light comes on and then you're like, ah, like right now, Eh, get right with Jesus and let it let it go for a while. Right now, it just means you're going to spend a ton of money and that's bad enough. When you have coverage from CarShield, you don't have to worry about it. Because you're not going to have to pay for the covered repairs. Something breaks. CarShield helps protect you from dropping thousands of dollars. On top of that, they pick, you can pick which mechanic you want to do the work. You can, you can send it to, you know, Joe down the street or you can send it, uh, you know, back to the uh, car dealership and have them fix it. Whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000, CarShield has complete coverage for you, monthly coverage, the options to fit your budget. CarShield has helped over a million drivers, and that's why they're America's number one auto protection company. Car repairs always cost you more than you think. Uh, but when you have CarShield, you're not on the hook for the thousands, and so you don't worry about it as much. Today, get coverage and see why CarShield cars go further. Visit CarShield.com slash Beck and save 10%. That's CarShield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. You were listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It is Thursday. Bill O'Reilly is going to be on with us at this time uh, tomorrow with a recap of the uh, of the rest of the week. Charlie Kirk is joining us in just a few minutes with the uh, Four Horsemen of the 90s. He'll explain that coming up in uh, in just a second. You know, and to wrap up this uh, Fauci thing, and this is probably where I'll head tomorrow a bit, is this is... To me, this is more about social media and the media than anything else. It's it's a it's an exposure of why you must always ask questions. You know, we're we're not a country and you have to be a long time listener to understand this. We're not a country that embraces the idea of Philip Drew administrator, the the golden idea of Woodrow Wilson. Uh, that, you know, we just put experts in and the experts tell us exactly what to do because experts can be wrong. Experts can lie. Experts can have lots of, uh, um, failures. And that's why we don't, we're not ruled by experts. We let the people, we give them the information and we let the people decide. Um, and, the media just wants to always go to the expert and dismiss anybody that you know uh, has a different opinion than one of the experts that's the real problem here it's social media and the media and our apparent love for the expert let me tell you about Home Title Lock, where cyber thieves remove you from your home uh, and your home's title right. uh, yes Joe uh, Home Title Lock can do this to you, uh, or protect you from this, because they actually have uh, alerted a lot of the country about this being a problem and being a fast-growing crime. There's a huge hack, of course, of you know Facebook recently. Hundreds of millions of accounts were exposed to cyber thieves. That's enough to steal your home. 
are you protected from it? Oh uh, you've seen my home. <laughs> I, I don't no, know. not your home, Joe. Condom now. No, <laughs> for some reason I don't know why. But A- anyway, don't be like protected. Joe Biden. Be aware of your surroundings and make sure you protect yourself from home title fraud. Uh, with HomeTitleLock.com, go to HomeTitleLock, register your address, see if you're already a victim, and get 30 risk-free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. The code is radio. Line zebra. conservative, especially in today's world. Well, I will tell you, uh, if we listen to the words of our fearless leader, uh, Joe Biden, it means... And I think he said it best. I think it said it best. Now let's find out what it means from Charlie Kirk, the founder and president of Turning Point USA, the four horsemen of the 90s. What's that? He'll explain in 60 seconds. Well, the cost of beef shot up overnight, thanks to cyber criminals hacking into the meatpacking industry. Uh, Good news and bad news about this. Bad news is uh, one of the kids isn't going to be going to college because I am going to be having my beef ribs. Good news is... I have a grill that is worthy of the soon-to-be $1,000 ribeye. Yes, the Rectech and the palletfuls of cash that I'm going to need to buy beef now. We can do it. We can do it. If everyone will just send me a dollar, I can have a steak. Uh, I mean, one of us should have a steak, don't you think? Uh, here's the thing. If you cook on a Rectech, you're taking your grilling and smoking and baking game to the next level. It's a smart grill technology that it will ensure that you get the perfect meal every time you fire it up. It is all done from an app on your phone. You don't even have to go out in the blistering heat to do it. Follow Rectech on all social media. Sign up for their newsletter. But I want you to A, B, compare Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com with any other grill that you're thinking. You will never find a better grill than this. It's Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Go there now. The founder and president of Turning Point USA, the host of the Charlie Kirk Show, uh, and, uh, and a friend of the program who just got back from his honeymoon. Welcome, Charlie Kirk. How are you, sir? Great, Glenn. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Congratulations on your uh, on your marriage. It's uh, it's only going to get better, better and better. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're thrilled. So the country is doing terribly, but we're actually doing quite well. So we we had a yeah. marriage just about a month ago, and then went off the grid with no phone for nine days, which was actually awesome. I encourage everyone to do that. It was it was phenomenal. So th- yeah. thank you for saying that. Yeah. Nine days. That's that's. Uh, I recommend thirty. Uh, but if you can get nine days, God bless you. Um, you have a young women's leadership summit, uh, and it's happening. 
I think next week in Dallas, is it not? That's right. Yeah. So we have our, our Young Women's Leadership Summit and we'll have about 2000 young conservative women attending from all across the country. And we have some phenomenal speakers, many from the blaze as well, which we're super thrilled about. And this is really to, and we've been doing this for five years, but this is really to train, equip and empower these young conservative women about how to fight for freedom, fight for liberty, and then properly explain those words as well, which I think we need to continue to do fight for those things on high school and college campuses. So we're thrilled. We're, we're happy to be doing in-person events as well. And then as a sidebar, Glenn, uh, I'm actually going to be speaking at our friend Dave Barton's deal, and uh, he's going to show me some fun stuff. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So I'm going to do that while I'm oh, yeah. it's going to be a fun week next week. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. The um, American Journey Center is is amazing. You will see a lot of really cool things. Um, so, Charlie, tell me what the difference is between when you were in college and what's happening now. What what has changed? That's such a good question, Glenn. And I think you'll you'll appreciate this and enjoy exploring this with me, which is when I first started Turning Point in 2012, uh, there was a lot of libertarianism in the conservative movement. And there's a lot of things that I agree with libertarians on uh, firearms, freedom of speech. Uh, the lockdowns, for example, um, on this program, you and I talked about how the lockdowns were immoral and unconstitutional. But I think that the conservative movement, um, I think on a couple issues, went far too libertarian, um, especially on the issue of immigration uh, and on the issue of corporate tyranny. And you've covered the tech issue really Agreed. well, Glenn. But, but it seems as yeah. if with the tech issue, a lot of our leaders have been reluctant to act because they have hid behind abstractions and they have not really, I think, acted with prudence or practical wisdom. When they just look at what's in front of them, not the talking point or the slogan or the ideology, and instead just look at as it is, say, huh, Google's a trillion dollar company. They can turn off Glenn Beck, Charlie Kirk, and Steven Crowder in a moment's notice. And so that's that's resonating with a lot of younger conservatives. And I'm not going to say I I regret some of that kind of energy that existed back in 2012, 2013. I think it was overemphasized. I don't regret reading Hayek or von Mises or Rothbard, but I also wish I would have read Kirk, Burke, and T.S. Eliot as well and understood that there is a place for um, tradition, an eternal transcendent moral order, a, a national cultural identity, and not just always, in my opinion, um, just tr- just saying that we must be the progressive conservatives and trying to always change things for change change sake. So here's the here's where uh, I'd like to explore with you because the idea that we were um, one beyond the uh, beyond the Constitution and the Bill of Rights really came from Woodrow Wilson and FDR. Not exactly conservatives, to say the least. They were the ones that gave us the national anthem. They were the ones that standardized the flag. They were the ones that said, we all have to really kind of be alike. And that began to take our differences apart. And I think, you know, I, we, we do have to have a common heritage, um, and a, and a common understanding of the, the truth of our history, both good and bad. 
But I, I don't like the idea of saying that we all have to agree on whatever. I, I don't have a problem with California doing what California is doing. I live in Texas, and I don't live in California for a reason. But if they fail, I don't want to pay for it. It's their idea. I'll help defend them, and I'll defend people's rights, but I don't need California to live the way I want them to live. I just want them to live with the basic understanding that the Bill of Rights are absolute. Yeah, and I and this is really the discussion that's happening right now, Glenn. I think you hit it perfectly, which is what really does Texas and California have in common? Outside of a unified currency, Not a lot is anymore. it still the same? Yeah, and that's that's the the Federalists, Right. Hamilton and Madison writing as Publius would say that's that's okay, but is it sustainable? And I don't know if it is. And I I don't know if California. Well, no, wait, 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 wait. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable if we don't have the critical things in common. And that is our Constitution, rule of law and Bill of Rights. If you lose those things, if we don't say all men are created equal, all men need to be protected from an injustice. Uh, You know, uh, all men have the right to speak, petition their government. They have a right to publish what they think is is news. They have a right to carry firearms to protect themselves. Those things are are eternal truths. And that is enough to hold us together. But we don't agree on those things anymore. Oh, I I totally agree with that, Glenn. Absolutely. And I think one of the reasons we don't agree with those things is they've used they've used. I don't want to say liberty against us, but that that actually might not be the worst way. In some ways, yeah. Is they. Yeah. And they've used a very uh, nice lifestyle, um, a non like we don't have to be engaged and get involved in the current moment. Um, where you can enjoy your life. And meanwhile, the activists are working their way through the long march to the institutions. I, I completely agree mm-hmm. with you on, on the, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights portion of it. I, I do believe, though, that because of mass immigration and critical race theory, which you've done a phenomenal job of covering, we are seeing, I think, an unprecedented cultural decay, which is then manifesting in these other sort of very troubling trends, whether it be statism, this bend yes. towards authoritarianism and then corporatism, which is the kind of just latest variation of of authoritarianism now in the kind of the corporate landscape and realm. But especially on the issue, yeah. the two issues that I think that we must you know really focus on is the immigration issue, because we must have control over who's coming into our country and whether or not they share our values or even they're willing to share our values, because you're right, Glenn. One of the reasons why California feels like a different country from Texas is because uncontrolled mass immigration of people that very well might not have the same sort of willingness or worldview to embrace the Bill of Rights or Constitution or willing to do so over a long period right. of time. And we are now right. seeing that um, materialize in voting trends and cultural trends. You know, the one thing that I've been very wrong on my my whole life has been uh my support for uh corporations and it's it's not an anti-corporation place that i have come to it is an it's an anti-crony capitalism place it is the merging of the uh the two systems of the free market 
and the government. They have all of this power and they have used it in a way I never thought possible. And that is they have made an end run around the Constitution. And all of us conservatives are the ones who allowed it to happen uh, because we all said it's a private corporation. They can do what they want. No, not when they're involved with the government. No, they can't. I, I totally agree. And I, I was right there with you, Glenn, where I said, look, who are we to tell Google what they can do? Well, first of all, they actually have the power to shut off other businesses. People use Google ad searches. They use YouTube as their way of life. And the fact they can just haphazardly shut off someone's way of life because they don't like your political viewpoint should have been a warning sign for me. However, with that being said, these companies, especially you know Facebook, Apple, Amazon and Google, they're not capitalists. And this is something I think that we need to recognize and realize. They're trying to they're trying to create a monopoly. And they're using conservatives' love of the free market against us to try to have us not intervene against their monopolistic style behavior. Now mind you, I think that at its ultimate, every business owner should try to create a monopoly, meaning they should try to win in the marketplace. This is a different type of behavior. This is no duty, no responsibility to the nation or to the Bill of Rights, coming back to what we said, from these companies. Google doesn't care about freedom of speech. They care about corporate power. They care about pandering to China far more than keeping up somebody's YouTube page that might be a conservative. Mm-hmm. And, and these corporations, I think, have there, there's, this, there's this tension point between rights and duties. And we don't talk a lot about duties because, as you say, it can have a bend towards totalitarian, um, totalitarianism like Woodrow Wilson and FDR. With that being said, I think a non-coercive duty is that if you become worth $100 billion in America, you should ethically have some sort of loyalty to the nation and not finance the Center for Technology and Civic Life like Mark Zuckerberg did for $400 million to usurp our voting laws or to then use Google as a singular point of a Democrat super PAC to prevent Hunter Biden's story from being spread. So I share that with you, Glenn. And I think the entire conservative movement is ready for massive action. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to take a break and that's where I want to come on massive action because I agree with that. However, uh, I don't want statism telling people what they have to do once they pass a threshold it comes from love of country, and there's always going to be bad people out there uh, that will do bad things. And I don't know how to balance liberty um, uh, it, because there is no real balance. There is no real justice. Real justice comes after our lives. Um, and uh, we can only do the best job we can. And I don't like a state telling people. You have to do this or you cannot do this. Um, but we are in a flex point where we have to come up with a decision on how to deal with this. And I just hope we land on the side of liberty um, so we don't scoop people up that shouldn't be scooped up. All right. Back with Charlie Kirk here in just a second. I'd like to hear what your idea of at massive action is. Goldline is our sponsor. I've told you a million times I buy gold as a hedge against insanity. Well, look at the world. It's completely upside down and inside out. A portion of your portfolio should be in precious metals. 
I get my gold and my silver from Goldline, and may I recommend you do the same. In honor of those who fought and died for our freedoms, Goldline has decided to celebrate Memorial Day all throughout the week. In honor of our veterans, Goldline is sending a free one-ounce pure silver Lady Liberty silver round with every order placed this week. No additional cost to you. Both new and existing clients are eligible. Additionally, Goldline will send uh, send you two free one-ounce pure silver Lady Liberty silver rounds with every IRA order placed or application submitted this week. It's Thursday. you got to hurry. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Call Goldline right now and find out how they can help you get started with a self-directed IRA purchase using a retirement account or how you can acquire physical metals for delivery to your door. They're waiting to hear from you. Call them at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Call them now, goldline.com at 866-GOLDLINE. 10 seconds, station ID. I can't wait. I don't know. You probably don't recognize the name Corey Yeshua, but he's the father of the uh, the viral TikTok that uh, was denouncing critical race theory. He and his unbelievably cute daughter uh, came out a couple of days ago. He's going to be on with us in just a few minutes. Charlie, you just said something that we need to take action. What what kind of action are you proposing and, and what can the average person do? That's a great question. So it first all starts with the individual. And I I never want to forget that um, because being conservative shouldn't just be a political viewpoint. It should be a temperament. Uh, It should be how we handle ourselves uh, and also should be reflecting in our actions. So, for example, Glenn, I I try to use Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E dot com way more than I use YouTube. And I post more on there and we have more subscribers there. And they just got a nice investment from a guy who knows how to pick winners and I think they're going to do pretty well. And so I just want to encourage your audience that even though you might feel trapped by these big tech companies, please go try to find some of these alternative competitors that are trying their best to, tr- to try and build something meaningful in this space. And Parler's back online, thankfully, and they obviously mm-hmm. took a big hit through other big tech companies colluding against them, mm-hmm. which was just an extraordinary move that almost had cartel-like behavior, and I don't use that word lightly. That's number one. Number two, Glenn, I want to be super careful with how we approach the antitrust conversation in these companies because, you know, I I, I look at Facebook's press team and they published this long article recently about how they want more data privacy laws. And I say, hold on a second. Anytime a trillion dollar company wants to be regulated, you better believe they want to use that regulation as a way to protect their incumbency. With that being said, exactly right. I think there are I think there are some measures and I think there are some very smart policy people that are exploring this that can make it easier for competitors and entrepreneurs and hopefully put a little bit more pressure on these companies, legitimate pressure to honor data, data privacy, data security, and then also uh, freedom of speech from what I what we would con- <laughs> they would consider dissenting voices. We would just consider them to be, you know, everyday Americans. So, Charlie, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes, but I want to ask you about the four horsemen of the 90s that you've been talking about. And you say that um, you grew up in a different conservative movement. Talk about that for a couple of minutes. 
Yeah, and by different, I don't mean bad. I just think that every moment kind of necessitates a different emphasis on certain ideas and thinkers. And so I I started in the Tea Party movement in 2012 and 2013. But going back to the 1990s, there were four consequential uh, public policy decisions made that I think probably was overshooting this this idea of international trade, pandering to China, um, giving giving a handout corporatists to, to Wall Street and mass immigration. And Russell Kirk predicted this. He said, once the Soviet Union falls, uh, America and the American conservative movement is going to have a crisis because they're not going to know what to do with themselves. And so as soon as the Soviet Union fell and the wall fell, we passed mass immigration, which was Ted Kennedy's, you know, mm-hmm. just dream, which mm-hmm. H.W. Bush signed in the law. Uh, we ratified yeah. NAFTA, which had some good elements to it, but probably was was went too far in that direction. And then you might, you might disagree with this one, Glenn, but our, our mutual friend, Tom Patrick, may he rest in peace, you know, who ran uh, Merrill Lynch uh, at the highest level thought this was a disaster for the American consumer, which was the repealing of glass Steagall. And I think that was, I think that was a mistake. I really do. I think that it pandered to a small set of corporatist uh, investment bankers like Goldman Sachs and others that wanted that done. And it almost, opened up the flood of cheap money that I think actually destroyed a, a proper, proper incentive structure. And then the final one, which I'm sure you'll agree with, was the entrance of China into the World Trade Organization in 2001, which was not done correctly. It pandered to their needs, wants, and interests of uh, being able to live under a different set of rules. So those four decisions happened in 10 years. And I think a lot of the consequences of those decisions have never really been discussed or hashed out. There's been some good consequences, obviously, but I think some negative ones as well. I agree with you. Charlie Kirk, founder and president of Turning Point USA. You can find him at the website, tpusa.com. Make sure you sign up. Uh, if you're a uh, young woman, you want to go to the uh, the conference in Dallas it's next week. Glenn Beck program. All right, let me tell you about uh, Patriot Mobile. You know what Charlie said about uh, finding uh, companies that, that are trying to do the right thing and trying to not sell us all down the river is absolutely true. Patriot mobile is one of those companies. They are a, the only Christian conservative carrier in the country. Um, they have broad and dependable coverage. They send a portion of every dollar you spend to support the first and second amendments, veterans, first responders, the sanctity of life. And they do this all while you're saving money. This this company is Patriot Mobile, and right now you can get free activation plus a special gift when you go to PatriotMobile.com slash back. If every conservative right now, if it would save you money, you have to do your own homework, but it should. If, if it would save you money, if everyone would switch to Patriot Mobile right now, you would send a shockwave uh, through the industry that would be heard for a very, very long time. PatriotMobile.com slash back or call them 972 Patriot. Switch to PatriotMobile.com slash back. All right, head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV now. This is the Glenn Beck program. I saw one of my favorite uh, videos. I think maybe of my life. There is the cutest, cutest little girl. 
and her dad, and they're talking about critical race theory. You wouldn't think that would be good, but if you've missed it, watch and listen. Daddy teaches you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if you're black or white or any color. doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, yellow. yellow. Right? Black. And, and how we treat people is based on who yeah. they are and not and what color nice. they are. And if they're nice and smart. See? This is, how, this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not going to happen. My baby's going to know that no matter what she wants to be in life, all she has to do is work hard and she can become that. Work hard even though you don't know anyone. You can make friends. <laughs> Yeah, you can make friends, no matter what color they are. So we need to stop CRT, period, point blank. Children do not see skin color, man. They love everybody. If they're good people, they love them. We pray for people that are hurt. Oh my gosh, so cute. Dad of the year has got to go to the father of that child. Corey Yeshua, uh, welcome to the program. How are you, Corey? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Your daughter, how old is she? Uh, she's six. She's going on seven. She'll be seven in July. I think she's six going on 20. She is <laughs> so adorable and so full of life. Um, so tell me why you made this video and and. Who you are and when you became an activist, I guess. <laughs> um, well, I have a I have a pretty long story, but I'll just start with why I started doing social media and putting videos out. Um, so I have brothers, and one of them is in prison right now, and one of them was murdered, and. I started seeing things that are going on in our community, and I, I wanted to know why. You know, I wanted to get to the to the root of it, so I started to research. You know, the Democrat Party and history of the Democrat Party, and you know, I looked at Thomas Sowell and I see Larry Elder and you know, all those guys, and um, yeah, I, they pretty much woke me up to what was going on. You know, and um, yes, I learned the history, and I, I'm like, man, I'm tired of seeing what's going on. I'm tired of seeing um, my brother, my brother's actually in prison. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's got his uh, sentence yet, but he's been back in prison. I haven't had a friend for 15 years right now, and I'm like... I'm hang on, hang on, Corey, Corey. Hold on just a, hold on just a second. You're, you, the phone is getting so garbled, I can barely understand you. Uh, can you go to a place where your signal is a little better? And maybe we lost him. <laughs> That's uh, Corey Yeshua. Yeshua. Uh, the uh, father of this beautiful little child. I think her name is Royalty. Uh, and uh, he is talking and speaking out about critical race theory. He was just talking about his brother in prison. His best friend is doing 15 years in prison. Another friend was killed five months ago and lost another friend to drugs. And uh, he started to uh, do his own homework. Go ahead, Corey. Are you back? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Um, yeah, so okay, I pretty much learned the history, and um, I started speaking out, and that's that's how it started. And the video with my daughter, um, 
they actually played a video in her school that was on like segregation. I remember seeing a, a white water, a white only water fountain. And I addressed the principal about it, and he said he didn't know anything about it. Because a lot of times the teachers just implement this stuff or show the kids this stuff. And, yeah, so that that kind of woke me up to that. And then I see what's going on with critical race theory in the schools. And, you know, a lot of parents are, are writing me about it and things like that. So, yeah. Corey, what you, what you spoke about um, is... I mean, right out of the gospel or right out of Martin Luther King and Martin Luther King is now being deemed through critical race theory as wrong, uh, that only racism uh, will solve racism. It's it's an insane idea. Tell me what you found out about critical race theory. Uh, yeah, I just started seeing different um, curriculums that were being either sent out to parents or sent to different schools. And basically, the just that I get out of it is that, you know, white people are oppressors, you know, and young black kids are oppressed and they can never amount to anything because they're oppressed. And, and white people will always be oppressors because of the color of their skin. And, you know, like you said, that goes directly against what Dr. Martin Luther King um, stood for and what he said, you know, mm-hmm. the content of people's character, not the color of their skin is what you should judge people by. So, yeah, man, I, I, I just had to um, I had to take a thing. How uh, how are you being received online and in person now that <laughs> you've gone so viral? Uh, I would say the majority of the people that I talk to is like support, you know, I would say more so my, my more controversial videos would be like when I go against BLM or, you know, things like that. But, uh, this video, I would say is more so support and like love and yeah, people appreciate it. You are uh, you are quite amazing. Is it's been alleged that uh, you were censored uh, on this with uh, with TikTok? Is any of that true? That is absolutely true. I didn't even know about it. Somebody, um, well, actually, a few people wrote me and told me that they couldn't hear the sound on the video. And um, it's, I guess it's still up right now, but the sound is still off. And, they, and I guess, you know, they could try to claim like copyright or something oh for the music. But I have other videos up with that same song and they never took sound off. So. Wow. Wow. How many views does it have now? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like uh, mid 20s, like 20,000. What? Yeah, this is only 20,000. Yeah, I think you're being suppressed. I think you're being suppressed. Right. And I have wow. like 270,000 followers on TikTok. So it's, it's crazy. I don't It's weird. That's unbelievable. Uh, well, keep speaking out. It is. It is great. Royalty has. That's your daughter's name, right? Right. Right. That's her name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, royalty has a bright future in in front of her, and you are a spectacular dad. Did you have a great dad, or how did you? Yeah, yeah. My, how did my, you my become this guy? My, 
my dad's amazing. My mom's amazing. Um, I come from great grandparents. My my great grandfather was actually um, exiled from uh, Barbados for preaching. And my my grandfather was a preacher. You know, so I come from people that that speak out against mm. you know wrong. Mm. Good for you, Corey. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless. Thank you. I, I appreciate you for having me on. You bet. Uh, could we play the video again? You have to grab this video. I'll, I'll tweet it out, but you, you have to grab this video and send it to everybody you know. This is just one of the sweetest videos you'll see. Daddy teaches you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't Daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if you're black or white or any color. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, yellow. yellow. Right? Black. And and how we treat people is based on who yeah. they are and not and what color nice. they are. And if they're nice and smart. See? This is how this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not gonna happen. My baby's gonna know that no matter what she wants to be in life, all she has to do is work hard and she can become that. Work hard even though you don't know anyone, you can make friends. <laughs> Yeah, you can make friends, no matter what color they are. So we need to stop CRT, period, point blank. Children do not see skin color, man. They love everybody. If they're good people, they love them. We pray for people that are hurt. We, uh, Stu, will you do me a favor? Um, Will you uh, have one of the producers reach out to Corey? I was just thinking as I'm watching it. That their, their excuse is, is that he is using music that he says he's used before, but they've never uh, censored. Let's take that out. Uh, call Sam or our composer or Nick and uh, score an original piece just that long to, you know, sounds like that, but it's an original piece of music. Uh, and let's send it to Corey so he can take off the other music and use music that we've scored for it can you do that uh yeah yeah let me uh let me get on that because if that is if that's the excuse fine then we'll just score some new music for it. we have we have some amazing producers uh in our stable and a uh a composer that has won all kinds of awards and has scored anything from games to movies to tv shows uh and uh, we work closely with him and I know he would love to score that. So just get on that and, and let's reintroduce it uh, to TikTok and Facebook and everything else uh, and see what their excuse is this time. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Hustler Turf. There is no law that says you have to use the best lawn mowing machine known to man wherever you go to take care of your yard. Nobody's going to come and arrest you if you don't. You know, sit down on a fast, maneuverable, insanely powerful zero-turn beast of a machine like Hustler Turf. You know, if if you know if that's what you want, I guess you could. You know, you could have one of those mowers that my grandfather had that just had the blades as you had to you pushed it and the blades would spin around. You could do that. Nobody's gonna laugh or call you names if you want to. You know, say spend twice the amount of time mowing your yard on a regular mower that would. Uh, that would take you half the time and you'd have the job done and you'd be sitting out, you know, possibly pointing at the neighbor going, what are you thinking, man? 
or you could uh, just get the latest and greatest from Hustler Turf, their new 2021 Raptor series. It's built for homeowners with less than three acres. Visit one of over a thousand nationwide Hustler dealers and take a hassle-free test drive today. They'll help you select the right lawnmower for your application. They'll be there after the sale when you need parts or routine service. It's Hustler Turf. It is a great, great lawnmower. Hustler. Find a Hustler dealer near you at HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, if you uh, missed the uh, monologues on uh, our cyber attacks and what I believe is coming, the setup of what is coming, uh, don't miss it. Uh, and you can find that on the podcast. Also, we did uh, quite a bit on uh, Fauci in hour number two, also found on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you get the podcast every day, no matter where you get your podcasts. Uh, you can just download it and listen at uh, any time. Now, one thing we haven't had a chance to talk about and really celebrate is the fact that John Hinckley, the guy who was uh, who, who tried to kill uh, Ronald Reagan, has just been granted access to YouTube so he can share with us uh, his many, many talents. Uh, and ooh, when you think of a singer songwriter, John Hinckley doesn't always you know, jump to the front of your mind, but listen to his latest number. Here it is. Hello, everybody. This is an original song I wrote not, not long ago. Now, Stu, I don't know about you, but I I don't usually think of a, an assassin as, uh, you know, somebody I go to for my Majesty of Love songs. But uh, I would disagree. I mean, it seems like Charlie Manson yeah. uh, did a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I haven't heard Everything's Gonna Be All Right by John Hinckley. Here is, uh, here's that super, super classic from the guy who tried to kill Ronald Reagan. Everything's going to be all right. Another original song of mine. There ain't nothing wrong with the rain. Yes, good point. It is good (laughs) to wash away the pain. Mm, That's that. Well, yeah. Let Uh the angels lead you to the light. There, good advice. Okay. I didn't see that rhyme coming from a million wow, miles away. Is, yeah, that uh, is. Wow. Okay. I think that's enough. I my head might hurt uh, if I listen to more of that. But uh, wow, that's John Hinckley. You know, um, you know, not a lot of assassins are musicians, but not all assassins should be musicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. And I think it's good that. Uh, you know, you almost kill the president of the United States and uh, and you get to go on to YouTube. Now, if you say something controversial like, 
uh, you know, the the virus might have been made in a laboratory of Wuhan. They, of course, shut you right down. Sure. Shut you right down. Sure. But, you know, if you're thinking, you know, hey, the rain is is OK, you know, and it washes away stuff and you write that into music and you're an assassin. Go for it. Go for it. Absolutely. YouTube says, hey, we're mm-hmm. a platform. Yeah. <laughs> we're the platform for you. Amazing. The world is upside down, but we'll try to make sense of it uh, again tomorrow. Don't miss the Glenn Beck program wherever you hear it on uh, terrestrial radio, satellite radio, The Blaze, uh, and also wherever you find your podcasts. This is the Glenn Beck program.